What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Okay, put your thinking caps on. I have a pop quiz for you. One question, but it's a big one. True or false? Your company is too large or too small for cloud computing. I'm going to give you the answer. False. Hey, learn why from our panelists. We're going to hear from Sina Motamed. He says, enterprises that are willing to transform into lean, agile, and highly competitive organizations will understand and embrace the cloud, here's the kicker, regardless of their size or industry. Cloud will finally weave IT into the fabric of business. And our other guest, David Sweetman, says, the scalability, affordability, consistency and accessibility of cloud solutions is good for, here's the big one, large and small companies. And not to be last and not to be least, Steve Romero, a frequent guest on the show, says large enterprises could be making a huge mistake by playing it safe and steering clear of risky cloud computing while their small and medium-sized business counterparts go all in on the cloud, taking advantage of, and here we go the list, low barriers to entry, cost savings, Savings, agility, a key word for us, flexibility, and the ability to drive rapid business innovation. I think we just got a primer on why you want to go to the cloud. So stay with me for the next hour as we talk to our experts for more insights on the cloud. Right size game changer for your company. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to In the Cloud with Game Changers. We've kind of said it three ways already, presented by SAP. So happy to be here with you on our Thursday show on the Business Channel. And a little tip for all of you who want to talk about coffee, we're on Wednesday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific, here on the Business Channel with our other show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. So I'd like to introduce my panelists. You can get to hear their voices, and then we're going to dig in and get you the answers you need. Sina Motamid is the principal consultant for Unified Clouds, where he helps mid-size and large enterprises with their cloud computing efforts. In his previous role as CIO, and I know you from there, Sina, of a mid-size manufacturing company, Sina restructured all IT infrastructures to the cloud. Welcome, Sina, to In the Cloud. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Bonnie. appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. We finally got you on the show. I've had you in mind since we started. You and I did some good webinar work about uh, two years ago when I was doing something else. I'm very delighted to have you back. David Sweetman is a Solution Marketing Director for SAP Business by Design. I don't know if that's still the current title, David. Cloud-based enterprise management system focusing on the ProServe or professional services industry before SAP. David was VP of Channels for Mercury Payment Systems. He was also Director of Product Marketing and Strategy for Infor and Solutions Director at i2 Technologies. Welcome back, David. How are you today? Doing well, thanks, and thanks for having me back. Good. Delighted to have you. And Steve Romero, woohoo! all the way from Maui. Steve is still the founder of Romero Consulting. He's a published and globally recognized IT governance evangelist, and that's why his Twitter handle is ITGEvangelist, if I believe, at Twitter. And he's an IT business value activist. Steve's mission is to help enterprises realize the full potential of their IT investments for strategic and competitive advantage. So, Steve, how's the weather in Maui? Oh, it's a gorgeous day. Uh, it's, uh, I, 
I can go on and on about it, but I'll just leave it at good morning, and it's great to be back on this <laughs> Thank you very much, and we're so happy to have you back. I was telling Steve before we started the show, if this was coffee break, we'd ask him what he's drinking, and we might weave that in a little bit later. So <laughs> let's dig in. I know our audience, you know, I'll, I'll tell all three of my panelists this. We don't know exactly who's listening. We don't know if they're big businesses, small businesses, or entrepreneurs about to dive into business and start something. So we want to cover broad brush. That's why this topic is so important. Cloud is the right size game changer. So let's start with Sina. You say that enterprise is willing to transform into lean, agile. I'm looking for mean, lean and mean, agile, highly competitive, will embrace the cloud regardless of size or industry. Talk to me a little bit about that, Sina. Sure. So I think one thing that's um, been such a a change with, with the emergence of cloud computing is how the business actually engages with with IT. So up till now, uh, in, in the traditional IT models, the IT organization have tried to structure using different technologies and try to derive a service. And what's so interesting now is that it, it's a reverse exercise. You're working from the outside in. And so it's about identifying what the business strategy is, what are the processes that are going to facilitate those, and then finding the services that will actually facilitate putting structures and controls in place to execute those processes effectively, consistently, and with scalability. That is literally, the, 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 from a business view, the level of engagement that uh, something the business is having with technology. They want the service. That's all they're the consumers of is that service. So we're seeing the market actually present services in the way that the business digests it. And this is a really big shift in the way that uh, the business will interact with IT and and also how providers of services will be engaging more directly with the business. So it's it's a very interesting play. It's a much different paradigm than what has been up till now a traditional model where we try to sort of mold something together out of the use of a whole bunch of different technologies. Um, so, and for that reason, I think that it has an appeal to every size company who understands their strategies, understands their processes, and needs some tools to fulfill them. And, uh, and so in that regard, I think it's, it's a very powerful tool set. Sina, I just want to ask you before we turn to David and his quote, I want to ask you about the word scalability, which David will be talking about as well. To me, when you're talking to a very small business, a new enterprise, a, I like to call it a gleam in someone's eye that's about to become a business plan and become a real business, scalability to me has the word optimism built into it somewhere, even though this this not an sure. anagram in any sense, because it says, hey, you want to get entrenched in this market or whatever, you create a new market, you want to be successful and grow. So right from the get-go, you're building in that agility to go bigger without making a lot of expensive changes. Is that the idea? It is. And and part of what uh, a smaller enterprise is able to buy, which ordinarily they wouldn't have the maturity to do nor the infrastructure, is to buy the best practices, right? So a, a lot of these SaaS players now or cloud providers are actually bringing the bare best practice operations for uh, any size enterprise. And now somebody who's in a smaller enterprise can now adopt these same best practices. In ordinarily, for them to try to construct that, they didn't have the internal expertise, 
nor do they have all that infrastructure. So now they can quickly adopt these best practices and have the maturity of, of running a business to where it can scale and know that as it grows, it doesn't have to re-architect and re-engineer itself. It can just rely on those core sets of processes and, and move their company forward. And these, these systems are built to scale very nicely, so they don't have to worry about that either. Um, that's but I think a, the bigger a, piece of it is that they, they are able to adopt these best practices, and that's, that's good. a huge advantage for small companies. And we're going to touch on that later. David Sweetman, I have to get you in. We're hurtling toward the break. I wanted Cena to get his feet wet on the show because he's the newcomer here. David Sweetman, the scalability, affordability, consistency, and accessibility of cloud solutions is good for large and small companies. Talk to me. Anything different from what Cena said? You have a different point of view? Are you right on target? Yeah, I, I certainly agree with Cena. I think uh, scalability is one of those, those factors. Um, and really, it goes, goes both ways, doesn't it? It's really managing the risk of growth for a company, uh, whether it's to scale up or scale down, but being able to have an, an affordable price that they can predict each month, whether the company grows or whether it actually needs to scale down as well. So, uh, so I think that, that's an important part of that. But at the end of the day, I think uh, companies are looking to solve a business problem first. Uh, they're looking at the technology second. And the things that the cloud offers is the, you know, it's, it's the speed because the systems are, are instantly available, you know, and they're accessible from anywhere. So if you're a large global company, you can quickly find a solution that maybe fits a particular line of business need, and you you can deploy it quickly, maybe anywhere in the world potentially. And it's a predictable, you know, cost and uh, and can scale. And, and usually, as... as uh, Cena mentioned uh, they, they're adaptable enough to include the best practices, which can be switched on and off. So, so really, it's a, it's a great technology for both uh, the large companies and also uh, smaller companies. Good. I really like his quote there, where he said, yeah. "SMEs are all in," and uh, I, you know that's that's true. So it's great. Well. Mr. Romero, put down your Mai Tai, and Mr. Sweetman has just introduced you, so I don't have to. So talk to us about this idea that SMB, small and mid-sized businesses, are all in on the cloud. Is this where you're seeing the biggest adoption, Steve? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it the biggest adoption, but from a percentage standpoint, it's it's well up there. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and the, you know, yes, they're all in, but it's frankly, it's, easy. It's, a, it's a no-brainer for many of the points that our speakers already brought up. I mean, there's the low barriers to entry, the low cost, the ability to establish best practices without having to make that, that upfront investment. I mean, that is, that is, it's, it's, a, again, it's a no-brainer for small to medium businesses to go, to go for it. And I think that the factors that, that large enterprises are concerned with don't really apply to a lot of those new businesses. Because the things that IT provides that may not be necessarily packaged in these commoditized applications that we can get through SaaS, you know, the, the risk mitigation, the service assurance, the, uh, the resource management, uh, the performance management, things that the business doesn't necessarily think of when they say we want this new capability, uh, of small business won't necessarily be victimized if those things don't perform well, which doesn't necessarily excuse large enterprises from going to the cloud. And, yes, those things are important, and they're not necessarily guaranteed in a cloud environment. But I think, again, it's a huge mistake if, if businesses don't don't take that risk head on and do something to mitigate it because of all of the advantages that small and medium businesses are, are, are achieving by having that no-brainer decision to adopt cloud computing. 
Thank you, Steve. And you know what? I'm going to let you go back to your mind. What are you drinking today, by the way? Let's just get this on the table. What's what's in your cocktail hand? Oh, it's morning there, isn't it? That's just it. I was just about to say. Even <laughs> <laughs> if, if I had a Mai Tai fired up already, I wouldn't admit it. But as a matter of fact, I've got some ice cold. I've got some ice cold water just in case they get parched during the conversation. And oh, I'll, I'll, the Mai Tai. I'll, I'll wait till at least 2 or 3 o'clock before I... I till 2 I or 3 o'clock is great. Listen, everybody, you're listening to In the Cloud, even in the Maui Clouds with Game Changers. I'm speaking with Sina Motama, David Sweetman, and Steve Romero, and we'll be right back. Justin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Welcome back. We're speaking with Sina Motamid and David Sweetman and Steve Romero today about is the cloud the right size game changer for you? And so far, the answer is an overwhelming uh, million percent yes whether you're a big company or a small company. I want to talk about something Cena brought up in the intro, talking about best practices for the benefit of our listening audience, Cena, who may have heard this term. I don't know, maybe there's one person left on the entire planet who's been hiding under a rock and doesn't know what this means, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt and talk about what kinds of best practices you can buy as part of the cloud. Cena. Sure. I guess maybe it'd be worth talking about what happens for a company that starts out small and, and tries to grow. And very often the the efforts in the business are very customer-centric, and they will do whatever they need to in order to bend over backwards to meet the needs of the business. And what happens in that process of bending over backwards to do what you need to for the customer is that very often there's an unstructured set of processes that somebody will operate under in order to make sure that customer is satisfied. There's always a tipping point within a company, right, where they say, well, we really want to grow. And in order to grow, they need to adopt practices, structured processes, to actually 
if they're let's say they're selling a product to actually develop the product, build the product, hold stock of the product and and deliver it. And they don't have necessarily an in-house knowledge of actually how to do that. They don't know mm-hmm. what the structures are. They don't know exactly what the process flows need to look like. And so what's really, again, such an advantage of the cloud market now is that there is the capacity to bring very mature practices in at a very low cost of entry into one of these businesses and provide those best practices. So now they have a structured methodology to where they can deliver that product but deliver it on scale. And that's really the benefit of, of engaging best practices. And, um, and, and that continues on in the evolution of any company, really, right? As, as the size of the business grows, the needs grow, and there are, uh, as, a, as a friend of mine, Scott Scalger, says, it's a, a business function as a service is becoming available, where those business functions are so well-structured in these offerings that people can adopt these services to run entire functions of business. And, and it's doing it at a scale that's appropriate for even the largest uh, enterprise. So, so it's, it's important all the way down the line, but, but certainly in the small enterprise you can see that progression in their growth, and all of a sudden they can operate like a Fortune 500, and that's what's that so compelling. Sounds wonderful. Now I want to ask David or Steve, I want to ask you, when you're selecting best practices, is there a place you go? Is there, you say, I want to, I'm in manufacturing, I know that XYZ company is doing things exceptionally well, they have a great track record, their growth is steady, they're well respected in the industry, their numbers are good. Is that the kind of company you want to model yourself after in terms of best practices, or do you go to an app store somewhere and you look on the shelf and you say, okay, I want best practices, vanilla flavor for manufacturing companies, and that's going to work? How how do you know which Mm -hmm. best practices are best for you? Who wants to take that? Yeah, I I can take that, David. Um, Yes. Certainly, when when you're picking a vendor, I think it's so so important to to look for a vendor that's really had some experience and has some of those big companies that have been running Mm -hmm. uh, well in um, for, for many years, really understands what, what the business practices are for a particular industry. Um, going back to seeing this point there about uh, companies growing, you know, as as company grows as well, they're um, they, they they have to comply more to, to legal requirements, and their security risk is much greater, etc. So, as people are actually selecting a vendor in the past, they would look for a particular version level. They would look for features and functions for a particular point in time. Now I think people are looking really for a, for a company that can uh, have adaptable uh, software that meets changing business models as, as their business changes and as they open up in more countries and need to comply with much, many more laws. And so best practices, uh, you know, and, and not just uh, industry best practices, they're also legal best practices as well, which, um, you know, you, you would need to look, look for a vendor that has a lot of experience in those uh, as you choosing them. And finally, this is Steve, and yes. I'm glad that, that we've got our other, that we've got everybody else chiming in on best practices first before before I do, because I'll actually throw a little bit of a wrench in there. I actually sure. wrote a blog post about a year and a half ago. I even included a, a, a good portion, a good chapter of my book talking about, you know, basically telling people to beware the best practice. 
I mean, if you do a search on the Internet today, you will find no less than two dozen characterizations of that term. And, and a lot of, there are a lot of different views on, on, on what it means. Um, and, I, you know, I have, I have a view that it means that it's the, it's the thing that's been most widely adopted and it has a, a long history of success. That's a very, very narrow view when you look at a lot of different interpretations out there. So when someone's looking for a best practice, some of the recommendations that, that, that David just gave, I think, are really valid recommendations. With that said, though, when his, historically, when we went out and bought a SaaS application, we went to just a few providers because those SaaS providers had to provide the infrastructure as well. They had to, to provide the data, the data processing environment that provided that application. So there were a limited number from which to choose, and the, the choice of a best practice is relatively easy. But the advent of cloud computing now, it's one thing for a small business or a large business to say, am I going to use the cloud? Am I going to adopt SaaS? Well, I think we're going to see an explosion of those back-end and front-end business software providers because they have two barriers of entry to come up with their new best practice because they don't have to install that infrastructure. They can go ahead and go to a cloud provider that does infrastructure as a service or even platform as a service, and the SaaS provider then can house their application, and now we're working with that provider. So the other dimensions of choosing a best practice is you might be choosing a best practice from a SaaS provider, and it's good to look at what that SaaS provider is doing as far as how they're providing you that application because you're not just buying from that SaaS provider. You might be buying from another party that is basically providing the cloud infrastructure for that best practice. Uh-huh. And it's another dimension, another complexity you have to consider as you're saying, is this the best application for my environment? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Steve. Good, good point. Now, I want to move over a little bit to some name dropping. That's something we love here. We have six minutes to go, plenty of time. I'm going to tell Justin, okay. I, I noticed, David, in your talking points I requested from you before the show, you dropped a couple of pretty big names here, including Lufthansa, talking about how cloud is being deployed by various size enterprises. And we all know in radio that people are listening with half an ear, and our job as radio speakers is to get them to pay full attention. I think when we drop some interesting names and examples, they're going to listen up and stay with us. So, David, you want to take us through a couple of your case studies, please? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we, when, you, when you were mentioning is, uh, is the cloud good for, for large enterprise and small enterprise, so I, I thought I'd pick, pick a couple of examples of companies of all mm-hmm. sorts of sizes that have really gained uh, business value from, from adopting the cloud. One is uh, Lufthansa Revenue Services. It's a division of Lufthansa that was really looking for a, for, for a solution that would integrate with their existing large enterprise applications uh, but would solve the needs very quickly of a consistent business, in, in, in this case, for the revenue services entity. Um, so the cloud was able to provide that, you know, through being more accessible and uh, affordable, et cetera, adaptable than, than alternative uh, solutions. Um, another example is a, is a small, medium-sized company uh, called Clinipace. It's a company that was uh, it's really does clinical trials, and uh, that company um, was able to to to, to uh, adopt the, the best practices of the business system, and then they went on a strategy of uh, growing their business both uh, organically and through acquisitions. So they were able to use. And the standardization and accessibility of, of cloud solutions to, to very very quickly get them in, integrated into the Clinipace uh, model when they would buy a company. 
So there's a, two, two extreme examples there, one, one of a company that's using the whole um, of, a, of an enterprise application in the cloud to, to provide speed and agility to their whole business, and another one where you've got uh, someone that has a particular pain point uh, and is solving it through a line of business application. Thank you, David. Sina, I bet you have some examples. Can you drop any on us? Uh, sure. Yeah, so there's, um, I think it's what's kind of interesting is to see how large companies versus small companies are actually adopting uh, cloud in, in general and, and how they yes. see the right fit. Um, and so in, in smaller companies, what, what I see is that you generally have a very good sense of what the business operations is, right? It's, it's not as complex. And you can find that, uh, I think as Steve said, that there, there's a lot of adoption uh, where they're willing to go all in and buy into the cloud. And if you think about um, in larger enterprises, it used to be the case that when vendors had a solution, they would, they would seek out the CIO in order, to, um, in order to find a fit for their solution and try to sell it within the organization. Now what's happening is these same providers are actually going into the business units. And, and so what you're finding is that in larger enterprises, there's whole business function categories of services that are going completely to the cloud. And as opposed to where it's a, it's a all-in um, implementation that's done for, um, for maybe a smaller company, the, the larger enterprises are getting picked off by department by department. And, mm-hmm. and this is a really interesting, I think, transition phase in what we're seeing, and there's some great examples out there. And I think uh, David's highlighted some really good ones. But, um, but, uh, and then there's companies that have gone completely all in. I think Pandora is one example of a company that, has gone 100% in, uh, uh, as we know, an online radio uh, right. program, but it's, um, they, they're completely operating 100% in the cloud. So there's even some larger brand names that we're seeing out there that have gone completely in, in the cloud as well. But, um, but, but the, how it's actually taking hold is really a, a reflection of, of how that service can meet a particular need. Um, and I, I think in large enterprises, they're going after business units. So. Interesting. So where the need is and where the pain points are. Steve, you want to give us a couple of words of wisdom all the way from Maui? Because I've got about a minute and a half left to break, and I know you'd love to take me out. So what do you think? Oh, you know what? I'm not going to quote a couple of companies, but I, I, I've seen a number of reports from development groups where mm-hmm. the, the, the amount of time that it takes to, to get through that development life cycle using cloud resources has been drastically reduced. And there's two dimensions to that. One of them is, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to provide an, an adjunct computing capability. So in addition to my production environment, I've got to provide an environment for my developers. And I've got to think cost into that to provide them that infrastructure and to provide them that capability. And then those developers have to compete for it. Whereas with cloud computing, it's, it's, it's there when they need it. They can be quickly provisioned at a very, very low cost, and I don't have to have my developers get in queue as much as I, as I may have in the past. The other thing that I've seen a couple of studies on, and I'm, I'm hoping to hear more about this, is where there are a couple of providers out there that actually can replicate 
the entire production environment. Think about that for a moment. I can take that production environment and create a mirror image of it, a clone of it, and because of cloud computing, I can do it very inexpensively, and I can let my developers play in that environment. It's an exciting proposition for development, and I think that's why you see a large portion of cloud computing going into, into that area of the business right now. Thank you, Steve. You successfully took me up to break. I'm going to quote something you sent me here before we go. According to a recent Microsoft study, almost half of the small to mid-sized businesses they surveyed are using cloud services today. The number of companies operating in the cloud is expected to triple in the next three years, representing not only a growth in cloud adoption, but in the number of SMBs. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And yes, we are. Don't even think of touching that mouse. Give us two minutes and we'll be right back. Out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are in the cloud with game changers presented by sap if you have a question or comment for bonnie or her guests send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com you can also tweet your comments to pound sign sap radio during the show now back to in the cloud with game changers back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with Steve Romero. I'm going backwards from the bottom so Steve doesn't feel left out. Steve Romero, David Sweetman, and Sina Motamed. And Sina is new to us. And Sina, you're, you're doing great as a panelist. We really appreciate all the good information you're sharing. David Sweetman, I'm going to talk to you. You mentioned when we were in the very first part of the show, you mentioned about scaling up and scaling down. I have a feeling that might have raised a question mark in the minds of some of our listeners, perhaps especially the smaller ones, the small uh, the small, uh, small end of SMBs uh, or the entrepreneurs who are saying, what, I thought cloud was designed to help my company grow. Now he's telling me I'm scaling back. Can you tell us a little bit about scalability going both ways, David? Did we lose David? So, sorry, Bunny. Yep. Um, okay, darling, yes. David, we're talking about how you can scale down the other way, scaling up and scaling down. Yeah. Um, really, the, uh, the main point on this is that um, the changing nature of, of work really is enabled by the cloud. Um, so more than ever before, cloud services are much more collaborative. So most of the systems that are out there, they're not just providing a particular business need. 
but they're also able to link with other companies and other individuals, both within a company and outside of a company. And effectively, that means that um, business services that were often offered within a particular company, perhaps, perhaps it's a marketing function or an accounting function, can now be offered from other companies, you know, providing those services. So where we we're thinking about scalability, scaling up, scaling down, it may not, it may be that the revenue is continuing to grow, but a company through its life cycle may may go from in-house services to uh, to some third-party services and back again to in-house services. So you really need a system, you know, such as the cloud system that really enables mm-hmm. that collaboration between in-house services and, and outsourced services. Okay, I've I've heard examples in some of my wanderings around in this field, examples of companies that do a seasonal business. I've even read examples, uh, mm-hmm. and anybody chime in on this? Also, examples of let's say there's a company that I'm going to use a very a very interesting example, a company that has excess inventory, and they decide to run an auction or throw everything on eBay, and they're expecting some kind of massive response. But it might be a one-time thing, could be an end of your holiday thing. They have to ramp up. They have to be accessible responsive. They've got to have all this stuff in place because, wow, look what we're selling, and damn it, we can't take the inquiries, we can't take the payments, and they look like you know what, and I can't use that word on the radio. So the question is, is this another example of more and more companies saying, hey, we can do interesting things almost on the spur of the moment, meaning a couple months instead of years of planning, and cloud will support us. Is that a good use? Yeah, definitely. It's really seizing the opportunity, isn't it? And uh, whether that's seasonal business or a particular boom in, in a particular business model, you're really able to adapt very quickly with these uh, cloud solutions. So, yep, that uh, really provides uh, a, a different speed to the business and a, a, a different dynamic in terms of uh, seizing opportunities. Yeah, for, and, and even beyond Please. seasonal opportunities, what mm-hmm. you just described is, is a cloud provider will say that we can accommodate what they call burst capacity, and that ah. is it, it, it basically describes just the event that you just that you just encountered, where you know there is something that that's gonna, we know that it's going to create a huge amount of of demand on our websites that we're going to see a lot of yes. people coming online mm-hmm. because of this particular event. Um, having the cloud there and having the ability to, to do that with cloud computing means that all of a sudden that infrastructure is just dynamically deployed when our users need it. And it's one thing to represent that as something where it's predictive and it's seasonal. Could you imagine a circumstance where an organ, a business doesn't anticipate that need for that burst capacity, but they're mm-hmm. on the cloud and all of a sudden something they didn't necessarily forecast takes place and they have this huge amount of traffic that comes to their website, if it was an on-premise system, they would have missed that opportunity. Maybe they could replicate it, but it might have passed. Whereas with cloud computing, even if they're turning the other way, all of a sudden that cloud is instantly provisioned, and they're just looking at that traffic being accommodated to that cloud service. So that's what we would call a beautiful thing, right? Where it's exactly. it's going to have the flexibility, the expandability, and as David said, it's it's going to expand and retract when you're done with that surge. I like that. What do you call that burst? What do burst, you call that? Uh, providing burst capacity. And you might even call it a cloud burst. Excuse me. <laughs> we have to do the weather forecast here. Now, l- talking about capacity and talking about expanding and retracting, 
I don't think we've gotten into quite yet, and I'd like to cover it before we finish this segment. What happens to large enterprises that have major legacy IT investments? They are entrenched. They are invested. They've got the the server farm, whatever you want to call it, and that's just the way they've done business. Then they listen to a show like this, and they hear Cena and David and Steve saying, cloud is the way to go. It'll give you the flexibility, scalability, agility. You can go up and down and all over the map with it. It's great. And somebody gets the spark. I know they were probably hiding under a rock, but maybe they came out to listen to us today. And they get the spark and they go to management, or they are management, and they say, wow, we're missing the boat. We have to go to the cloud. And somebody else says, you want to look at what we've just spent on our IT staff and our machinery and our software and OMG, and you want us to do what? So who wants to take that one? How does that mindset change? Is it gradual or do you have to just say, okay, Monday we're cutting over, we're going to start doing something in the cloud. How's the transition? Who wants to go? Uh, I, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, having, uh, you know, it's not an all or nothing proposition to, to go into the cloud. So if you do have an entrenched system that was working well and has, you know, paid for itself, then then there may be opportunity for line-of-business-specific applications in the cloud that can provide particular mm-hmm. value. And, you know, examples of that may be, a, say, a CRM system or a sourcing system or a, or a talent management system where, where you need something that's going to solve a particular problem, but you need it to be you know, available and accessible quickly, but you also need it to be able to tie back into that legacy system. And then, you know, you may, may keep that legacy system for, for a while until the time has come that you, you really want to change. So it's, it's really not an all or nothing proposition is uh, moving to the car. So sorry, okay. Sina, you, you, I think you were going to... Yes, Sina, go ahead, please. I, I agree with that. I, I think there's a shift that's also occurring about who's responsible for innovation within the large enterprise. And I think... Up to this mm-hmm. point, in the traditional model, it, it, IT is seen as this central body that is responsible for generating platforms of innovation for the business. And and as a business, you had to accept the pace and and sort of the degree at which that innovation occurred based on what IT produces. And what's what's happening now is that in the particular business units, as David alluded, let's say in the sales organizations, they say, well, look, you know, these platforms that we have, they're they're not cutting it for us, and we want to go out on our own and acquire our own platform, and they do. And the the challenge now is that how do you tie that back? How do you bring that back with, uh, you know, proper integration to make sure that your your account data for a customer is consistent across the different systems. And so there's there's going to be a completely new practice within uh, the large enterprise space of creating what I would call as a cloud core, which allows the different business units to go ahead and and generate their platforms of innovation. But IT's responsibility at that point is to help them integrate that back and provide the analytics across the environment. And I think this is a really different mindset where where it used to be all about IT and IT is in control of that total governance around these platforms of innovation. There is a tremendous shift that's occurring, and and and. You, historically, we referred to that as rogue IT, right, where mm-hmm. business right. units would just buy their own IT on their own. Well, this is a little bit 
uh, it's a more extreme, uh, I think, case of it now, and it is a new reality. And IT has got to figure out how to interweave itself into the business, and there's absolutely a path forward to do that. The large enterprises have to start rethinking about what it means uh, to be in the IT business and, and to start sort of shedding their their traditional IT skin a bit and adopting this new model. So, Thank you, Stina. Really Steve, I know you, Steve, you wrote something called Eliminating Us and Them to Make IT and the Business One. Is that a good segue for that discussion? You know, it really is because the cloud, instead of it being a threat to IT, they should really be looking at it as an opportunity. I mean, for many mm-hmm. IT organizations, and just what was just described, yeah, there the business has expected IT to do this and IT to do that. And many times when IT wants to say, it's not just up to us, we really need you to be part of that conversation, it's been difficult to get the business to engage in that conversation. Now, all of a sudden, we have a situation where the business is not only engaging in the conversation, they're making decisions, albeit unilaterally. That's not what we want them to do. And they may Mm -hmm. be overlooking some of the things that, again, I mentioned earlier, risk mitigation, uh, service assurance, ensuring that we're optimizing resource utilization and performance. But now they're they're having that technology conversation, and they're having with these cloud providers. Well, if now they're interested, if now they're excited about cloud computing, that's our opportunity to get them to now come to the table and engage in those conversations and really, really foster information technology, uh, you know, driven business innovation. And it's a mis- it'll be a mistake for those IT organizations that covet that embedded infrastructure that you described. You know, we've installed all of these servers, and now we're going to hold on to them. Well, the first case, the first point is nobody has too many resources. You know, those resources mm-hmm. are, are coveted. Those resources are limited, and we've right. installed a lot of servers, but there's plenty of work that we can still do. So I think those IT organizations should look at what we've deployed and do a good assessment of the applications and the services that we're providing and look for those that have an opportunity to move to cloud computing before the business even asks us to do it. And as we free up those other resources, that provides now that, that, that surplus that could be used to, for that innovation that was just described. We can do things that are either back in the queue or that we haven't even imagined with that on-premise infrastructure. We don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a this or that. It doesn't have to be a one or the other. A cloud can be very additive to an, to an existing IT organization. Is there any threat to IT to move to the cloud, Steve? We just, I'll give you 60, uh, 30 seconds on this because we're almost at break again. Any threat to those who are, are, are entrenched, those who are, have come up through the ranks in IT and they're saying, OMG, look what they're going to do to us? Any of that mentality or just there, human I think nature? that mentality, which is why I, I urge all of them to get up on cloud expertise, to be educated on cloud computing because that's one of the biggest barriers right now for most organizations is they lack that cloud expertise. And if I was back in operations right now, if I was in development, I would be getting up to speed on that, on that, on, on cloud computing so I can turn that threat into the opportunity that we've been talking about throughout this entire conversation. Thank you. And that brings us up to our final break. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with Sina Motamed, David Sweetman, Steve Romero. When we come back, you know what it's all about, kids. It's about the crystal ball. Today we're going to talk about having my three esteemed guests look into their crystal ball up to the year 2017 or whatever time period they want to tell us about, about the size of businesses in the cloud, going to the cloud, trends of cloud adoption. You're going to hear it all. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And it's time for the Crystal Ball segment. We were having a little fun talking about it on the break. So I'm going to ask my three guests, starting with Sina Motame, look ahead. Sina, can you look out to 2017 and make a prediction about trends in cloud adoption? I'm going to leave this wide open wherever you want to go with it. Start. Sure. You know, I had a really good uh, conversation recently with uh, a brilliant engineer named Joseph Totoki, and uh, we were talking about the whole virtualization of, of systems, and and what we're going to see in the very near future is the entire IT infrastructure literally becoming virtualized. So firewalls, routers, switches, load balancers are all going to become virtual entities within some sort of compute machine. What that means is that, and, and where I suspect things will go at that point, is that the SaaS providers are going to build their infrastructures and completely and complete virtual models. And once that occurs, then you have something that is entirely portable. And where where this becomes significant is that we'll see entire data centers structured in a virtual entity within either a cloud service, so like an Amazon or that type of environment. Let's say there's an Amazon 2.0 version uh, where they can bring all those infrastructures in a virtual form. That will occur. The other is for the large enterprise who's very concerned about taking on SaaS applications and my data's over there and it's not over here, is that I think the future of SaaS providers will be providing a virtual entity of their service that could be dropped off in the compute environment of a, of a large enterprise, and they could manage that entire infrastructure. And so this whole notion that cloud is this big security uh, black hole, I think will we'll begin to close to where at least you know that the data resides in a single location. Um, well, hopefully with some high availability. But the idea there is that it's going to really change, I think, cloud adoption the moment that that becomes reality. And I think by 2017, 
I think the the small, medium-sized enterprises will start moving their entire IT in this virtual model. And in essence, they've just outsourced their IT to the cloud. Thank you. Good predictions, and I'm glad you brought up the question of security of data and availability, accessibility. We didn't cover it today. We have on other shows, but it's probably lurking in the back of a lot of our listeners' minds. So thank you, Sina. David Sweetman, turning to you, what do you see in that crystal ball of yours, Mr. Sweetman? Yeah, well, I think what we're seeing already is that uh, companies are looking at uh, cloud as the default model. So they're really now asking themselves, why can't we move to the cloud when they're looking for any new systems needs? And uh, within the next three years, they're really the, the, the vision of the global virtual enterprise, you know, being able to take services from from various places, uh, it's going to change work patterns and uh, boundaries with vendors and customers uh, to be very different. They're going to be much more collaborative, much more social, and they're going to combine both the internal focus of historical business systems and much more of the external focus from customers and vendors, et cetera, so that uh, together, you know, whole, whole companies can grow. Um, and going to Cena's point, I, I think uh, really that, that element of security and trust is going to come to the fore, and really that's going to be where, where vendors that can be trusted and, uh, you know, have a history with, with security, et cetera, are going to be preferred as people put more and more trust and more and more stress on their cloud systems. You know, that that will become even more and more important. David, you mentioned stress on cloud systems. I haven't heard that word before. I'll give you another another 60, almost 60 seconds here. What do you mean by stress on your cloud systems? Yeah, stress, that's probably a bad word, isn't it? But, but use, <laughs> use them more and more and more, you know, for all, all okay. business operations. You know, currently it's been uh, for their whole ERP systems. It's going to be for... Um, line of business solutions going to be for their whole um, office suite, etc. You know, we've we've heard about Microsoft's new suite that's coming out in the next couple of months. You know, as as really everything moves to the cloud that used to be in house, um, you know that that's going to mean we're going to have to look at who's holding that uh, that information and make sure that they're using it for the right reasons. And I think people have been, you know, concerned sometimes uh, about Facebook and what they do with uh, with data, et cetera. Sure. You know, people are going to be very careful about their business systems and really want to know that their vendors are ab- absolutely trustworthy and rock solid and have a history of performing in the right way. Good. Thank you. So we're talking reliance. I like that a lot. And Steve yeah. Romero, what, I don't know if the crystal ball is a little shinier and brighter in your vantage point in Maui today, but I know you always have some good predictions. So what do you predict about adoption rates of cloud and size of companies, trends of who's going and who's adopting, and, and also legacy IT systems? Are we going to see more trust? Uh, I think David brought that word up, more trust in moving to the cloud, and yes, it's the right decision. Let's have a proper plan of migration to the cloud. What do you see? And, you know, I'm glad you're bringing up the, the idea of trust. Now, I'm going to cheat a little here. I'm going to lean on some predictions from some other folks and, and make some comments about those. There's, Do it. There's, there's a couple of really interesting predictions I'm sharing with my audiences. One of them is from Gartner that predicts by, in the next three years, by 2016, half of the companies, and that's all companies, will be storing sensitive data in the cloud, which implies that that concern about security is going to be it's going to be addressed over time. And that's interesting because mm-hmm. I made a prediction a couple of years ago when I, when I delivered a presentation at Dreamforce where I, I predicted that we're going to see advances in computing security that are only going to be occurring or at least they'll be accelerated 
by by the advent of cloud computing. You know, necessity is the mother of invention, and those cloud mm-hmm. providers know where their bread is buttered. If they're not secure, they're going out of business. So, That's so right. security has become a huge focus right now. So whereas initially cloud was, oh, there's no security, that's the biggest threat. And for many, especially small and medium, medium businesses, the security capability of many of these cloud providers will, is much greater than a, than a small or medium-sized business has in-house today. For some large organizations, some financial institutions, it's arguable. But security, I think, again, it's going away. Another really interesting uh, prediction that comes from Bain & Company says that over the mm-hmm. next three years, two-thirds of the growth in cloud will be from companies that are cloud-free today. And so we've talked mm. about the hesitation for many companies, but I think yes. whether they like it or not, you know, they're moving to the cloud. And, and again, I think it's really being embraced at the small and medium business, and maybe the large businesses will be adopting a little bit slower. With that said, I think we're going to see an explosion of the growth rate for small and medium-sized businesses because, you know, one of the barriers before was their ability to have, you know, that, that computing infrastructure that supported their, the, the establishment of their business and, oops, I'm sorry about that noise, the establishment of their, of their that's business. Okay. And now that's no longer, that's no longer, um, a, a hindrance. So we'll see an explosion there. The last comment I'll make is about the, the outsourcing of IT. I'd like to put a caveat there. We're going to see more and more outsourcing of IT computing capabilities. But IT as a, as a, as a, as a construct, IT as a functional, as, as a function within the organization, we're still going to have to do integrated technology and business planning. We're still going to have to do enterprise architecture. We're still going to have to be making decisions about, about IT investments, managing projects, even if they're clouds. Emerging technology evaluation. I can go on and on about the things that IT still provides the business. And even if we're in the cloud, I argue we still need IT. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. It's time for me to do my predictions, and you know what? I'm going to tell you what's coming up next next week, July 26th, Thursday, on In the Cloud with Game Changers, 1 p.m. Pacific, integrating the various clouds, the perfect storm. And the week after is August 2nd. Wow, the year is flying by. And the title of our show that day will be, Hey, It's Your Cloud After All. I want to burst into song here. Peer-to-peer group networking communities. And don't forget about our Coffee Break with Game Changers show, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, Wednesday, July 25th, Retailers, We Love to Love Part 2. Wow, what a great panel I have for you that day. And Wednesday, August 1st, Smart Grid Utilities, Part 2, Shining the Light on Big Data and You. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Greg Chase, the Business Channel team, and my three very special guests, Sina Motamed. Welcome to SAP Radio. It was delightful to welcome you. And Steve Romero, always a thrill. And thanks for taking the time to do it while you're in Maui. We're just delighted that you considered us as part of whatever reason you're there for. And David Sweetman, always a delight to speak to you. So we'll see you next week right here on In the Cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Go out and make a great game-changing week and come back and tell us all about it. Pound sign SAP Radio on Twitter. We'll see you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, 
Coffee Break with Game Changers every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com. We'll be right back. 